So I'm glad that we can finally like take a step back from the Jimmy Garoppolo hype and evaluate him as an actual football player instead of this god of passing that everybody anointed him because he won his first seven games as a starter. It's the TD Fantasy. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. I'm back. Paige Demakos. I'm here with Jamie Eisner and Jake Arians. And I survived. I didn't die uh, after the Bears lost last night. I was going to play Bear Down Chicago Bears about halfway through last night's game. I was already prepping, prepping what I was going to do. Uh, and that's what I get for... Uh, prepping early in an Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay team. So that's my own fault. I should know better. I've seen it enough to watch happen. An unbelievable performance last night, Sunday Night Football, from Aaron Rodgers. And all the people that tweeted at me that Aaron Rodgers was a bust. Joke is on you. Uh, But let's talk about our observation, guys. We'll start off with some injuries that were happened yesterday. This is part of the NFL. We've seen it. It almost seems like because these guys aren't playing in preseason – we see it a little bit more often. So, Jamie, what do you do when you are a Delaney Walker owner or a Greg Olson owner? Because uh, at this point, Delaney Walker's done for the season, and Greg Olson, it's the re-injury to the same injured foot he's had issues with. I guess curl up in a ball in the corner and cry. Uh, <laughs> the, the tight end was deep in terms of who you could draft in a 10- or 12-team league to start for you, but then it gets really thin after that. Uh, to me, I mean, if Tyler Eifert's still available, I know he didn't have an awesome game, but I think he's going to be used a little bit more in the offense. Uh, ben Watson, again, these guys didn't have great week ones, but again, it, it's just one game. I think there's more potential there for the season. Uh, if you can still get Eric Ebron, I think you saw a little bit of what you're going to get from him. He's going to need a touchdown to be fantasy relevant, but I think he's going to get those opportunities. But yeah, I mean, this is this is terrible news you drafted one of these guys maybe in your top five or top six to be your tight end walker's knock is already on ir as we're recording this podcast it doesn't look good for greg olson even if he does come back later in the season so you definitely have to be looking for long-term replacements now and i don't really like either of their backups uh so i don't think just going to the the backup on the depth chart there is the way to go yeah guys look, look i mean unless you took gronk early and he's really a receiver nobody else did anything Nobody else, fantasy-wise, had a big week. Kelsey had like 1.7 points. Uh, Jimmy Graham, nothing. And Joku, who was also hurt, they're saying he's going to be okay, nothing. Uh, Evan Ingram, nothing. I mean, all these guys had less than five points. So unless you had Gronk, you really didn't miss out too much on the tight end world this weekend. Now, you got to have one moving forward, of course. I like everything Jamie said. Austin Hooper, I think, is going to be a part of that offense. He'd be a guy that's maybe still available. Eifert, of the guys that Jamie mentioned, I like the most. Um, but it went from a really deep class of tight ends to kind of blah, and you only have really one or two at the top. And then everybody else is kind of going to be hit or miss by the week. Yeah, and I think, listen, Travis Kelsey is going to be Travis Kelsey. It's a new offense. You have to give it some time. Uh, also, the Chargers defend the tight end position exceptionally well. well. So that's always something good to to keep an eye on. But the reality is Greg Olson and Delaney Walker were both in our all three of our top ten this year. And I think that was a consensus across fantasy football land. So this is a loss for that position. And you're not going to be able to replace specifically a Greg Olson because I don't really like it's not that I don't like Delaney Walker. I just don't like that offense in general. Uh, but Greg Olson's always been a big part of that offense and a big part of what has been done with Cam Newton. So replacing him is – you're not going to. So you got to hope that his injury isn't as bad and 
you go pick up an Austin Hooper. Um, another injury that has significant fantasy impact is Leonard Fournette. Now, the the issue with Fournette is, and I know Jake, you can you can speak on this because you have him. Fournette has had issues with injuries dating back to his days at LSU. And that is the biggest concern with him because I love Fournette. He's an unbelievable runner in a on a team where you know the offense goes through him. The issue is he ha- cannot stay healthy, and this is lingering issues yet again. How concerned are you about Leonard Fournette's long-term health? I'm concerned. I took him at number 11. I mean, one of the leagues I'm playing in, I got I got, kind of got the shaft in a 12-team league and got picked 11th. So I took him at 11 and, and Jordan Howard with my next pick. Um, he was looking great, but as a big guy, if you go back and look at his history, he's a track guy. He was a hundred meter champ in high school, kickoff return guy. And those guys, when they have hamstrings, they don't like it when they have a little twinge, they don't play through that stuff very well. He's always got something wrong, whether it's his ankles, his feet. Uh, and now with this, this hamstring, now he came out and said, he's going to play, but if you weren't smart enough, like I wasn't to handcuff yourself with, with TJ Elton, who looked pretty good. I'm trying to do that now on the waiver wire. I would try to get out there and do it. I mean, in the three leagues I played in, Yeldon was still available a little while ago. Uh, I tried to pick him up in two of them. So I, I definitely think you better have an, a good option. Now, stuff Jamie and I talked about was Rashad Penny. Uh, I got late in a couple leagues. I think it's going to be great in a few more weeks. I think Royce Freeman, who split time with three different backs, that's going to be really interesting. Um, none of those guys are going to be available. They might be trade options or something like that. But I think they're going to be really good later on if this lingers for Fournette. Yeah, and it, Yeldon is obviously the pickup that you want. He's talented enough to be a flex play on his own if uh, Fournette misses time. I think part of the problem you're going to get is I think Fournette's going to play in a lot of these games. The question is how many games does he finish? How many games does he miss a quarter or a quarter or a half of action in the middle of the game? Um, I guess that, but you've drafted Fournette either in the first round or early in the second round, so you're kind of you're stuck. You don't really have much of a choice there, and you know how good he can be when he plays. But I'm trying to get Yeldon right away. Uh, if you can, otherwise, there'll be some other options that you might want to get a little bit later that we'll talk about later in the show. Yeah, guys that flashed a little bit early on, including one that plays for the Chicago Bears. Uh, let's talk about where we were right and where we were wrong. Uh, since I was not on the podcast like last week, I wasn't wrong about anything. So sure, just, you were never I, wrong. Never wrong, ever. Uh, didn't get anything wrong. I had everything right. Uh, but, Jamie, I'll let you go first here. Let's start with the wrong, and then we'll end with the right. So what did you get wrong this well, week? What I got wrong this week is I expected Cam Newton to shred a very overrated Dallas defense, and while Carolina did enough to win, they pretty much dominated that game from start to finish. It was their defense that did it. Cam Newton was very just blah all around. And so he was my number one quarterback for the week, and he oh. finished, I believe, as like the 12th or 13th quarterback in fantasy points. Yeah, so that was, that was my big wrong one for this week. Not a great showing. Jake, what would you get wrong this week? I had a couple that I'll talk about. One is um, I, I argued with Jamie about Matt Ryan being better than than he thought he was going to be. Uh, I was definitely wrong about that. I do think he's overrated. I think it was a one-year thing. He's a solid player, but too many weapons. I also was very wrong about that offense being relevant because I think Steve Sarkeesian does not belong in the NFL with the way he runs that offense. It was, it was awful. Um, the other one was I picked the Cardinals to win at home and thought that they would look – pretty solid against a, a Washington team that we talked about. I don't think is very good. And Washington came in and blew the doors off Arizona at home, which never happens. And it was ugly, ran it down their throat. I was actually right about that. Cause I said, I think you can write, you can run it on Arizona's defense, but I picked them to win the game in a close game and thought they would hang in there. And they just really didn't. 
Yeah, the Cardinals' defense was a huge disappointment from a fantasy perspective. A lot of people like to start that defense, and that was a huge disappointment this season. Uh, one other one I was wrong on was I was pretty high on Alfred Morris this week going in. I thought he could be a, a low-end RB2 play, definitely a flex, and really nobody in that Niners offense looked good. And I know Minnesota's defense is excellent. I didn't discount that at all. I just thought volume-wise he would get in. And sure, if he gets in the end zone on one of those two plays where one, he gets stuffed, and two, he gets stuffed and fumbles – I should get stuffed, fumbled, recovered, and the next play, stuffed, fumbled, not recovered. Uh, you get in the end zone there, you're looking at a whole different story, but uh, he did not have a good week. Jake, I'll let you talk about what you got right, because I know there's a couple things. And in this, in general, this show was right on a lot of specific players that we hit on. I uh, have to talk about Joe Mixon and how great he was, but Jake, I'll let you go first. What were you right on this week? Yeah, a couple of these schemes. I said all along for the last four or five shows, I thought the Saints, while Alvin Kamara was the feature back, were going to throw it a lot more and go back to Sean Payton just being a genius and matchups. And that's exactly what you saw. They didn't try to run it hardly at all. Now they lost and they kind of got their doors blown off because that defense, something weird happened. I don't don't know if they're just not talented or – and I told Jamie last week, Fitzpatrick scares me enough not to like the line on that game at nine and a half. Uh, but I was right about that offense. I think Kamara is so talented out of the backfield. It doesn't really matter what his rushing yards are, especially in the PPR league. He is just going to be an absolute freak catching out of the backfield. He's a matchup nightmare against everybody. Um, going into your point, the other one we all like that I think we think is going to be a really good offense moving forward is the Bengals. And it all starts with Joe Mixon. And I was really excited to see him in a very similar role, run it a little bit better, but catch it really well out of the backfield as well. Yeah, I, I, the whole show was high on those guys, but A.J. Green and Joe Mixon, A.J. Green is a top three wide receiver. He, when, he has the, when he has an unbelievably talented guy, they just needed to have their offense back, and the swagger was back. Joe Mixon looked great. A.J. Green looked great. Andy Dalton looked good enough. So there's a lot of excitement from Cincinnati. Jamie, how about you? What did you get right this week? Well, I'm just going to – James Conner. I mean, yeah. I, if you Hello. if you if you listen to our show, Jake and I raved about him on our Friday show. I put him, I believe, number twelve or number thirteen among running backs in my week one rankings. I loved him. He absolutely decimated a very good Browns rushing defense. One hundred thirty five yards, two touchdowns on the ground, uh, five catches, fifty seven yards through the air. He had an awesome game and. Honestly, they're not going to miss Le'Veon Bell that much if Connor continues to play like that. And until Bell comes back week 10, I'm starting him every single week. You've got to love him this week in Kansas City, right? Oh, absolutely. You love everybody on the Steelers this week at home against Kansas City. That defense is – they won that game, but that defense is is going to be a problem. Um, And this is kind of combo Jake and I because Jake has been high on Michael Thomas all year. I had Michael Thomas as my number one wide receiver this week. I think 16 catches for 180 yards and a touchdown will do it for you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sitting there talking about the Saints and I forget to talk about Michael Thomas, who I had as my number three overall receiver for the year ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. and Julio Jones. I just think he's going to break – not that he breaks out. I mean, he's he's broke the NFL record for the most catches the first two years in the league. I just think he's going to be even more of a superstar this year, the way that they're going to run this offense. And I'd be remiss if we didn't pat ourselves on the back a little bit for this was week one of Jake and I's locks of the week, and we're 3-0 and so far. Uh, if you listen to us, we told you to take Baltimore minus seven. Uh, they only won by 44. Uh, <laughs> Jake also told you there's no way he could find a way that Cincinnati does not win this game against Indianapolis. Uh, Cincinnati was getting three points. They end up winning by 11. Uh, and then the other game, where was the other game that I had on, on here? Oh, Carolina. Carolina. Dallas. Carolina made that game completely. Uh, Dallas gets that score late from Zeke, but uh, Carolina went 16-8, to eight and it wasn't even that close. So 
We have one more play tonight. Jake has the Rams minus four. I like that as well. I just I don't see how a team that talented can lose to to Oakland even on the road. So check out our picks every week that we're going to make on Friday. So far, that was a damn good start for us. Yeah, too. no, that was a very good start for you guys. And I have to mention quickly that we did tell everybody not to start anybody on Buffalo. And my, oh my, was that a disaster of a football game. The other thing I have to give props to, mostly Jamie, is that Marcus Mariota, I know he got injured. He sucks. But he is bad <laughs> at football. He, he was the low, He's the lowest scoring quarterback that played this week. And that includes Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Blaine Gabbert. All of them outscored Marcus Mariota. Yeah. So I will call myself out as well, Paige, on one other thing I was wrong. I picked the Texans to go into New England. I called them the better team. I called them the more talented team. And I really thought they would do it with their defense. Uh, they didn't really show up defensively like I thought they would. Now, I also said Deshaun Jackson is not – I'm not as high on him this year. I have him outside my top ten of the year for quarterbacks. I think he's going to take a big step back. We kind of saw that, but I was also wrong because I picked them to go in there and win. And I picked them to go in there and win by seven. Uh, they absolutely did yeah. not do that. And New England looks like New England, even though we don't know who the hell is out there for Tom Brady at receiver. Yeah, I don't think it matters at this point. I think we've got to learn not to doubt Tom Brady. And, yes, Deshaun Watson was a big bust yesterday. A lot of people very disappointed in Deshaun Watson. But let's get into these games. We'll start off with Buffalo and Baltimore. There's not much to talk about here uh, from the Buffalo side of the football because they got completely decimated by this Baltimore team. Uh, I don't think that Baltimore is a 47-point juggernaut each and every week. I just think that they feasted on a very, very bad football team. But, Jamie, I'll let you go first. What are your takeaways here from this game? Well, for Buffalo's side, I'm going to go off my notes. and I put McCoy was bad, everyone sucks. <laughs> and, that, and that's kind of what I feel like in this game. Uh, there was not one player on the Buffalo Bills that I went, yep, that player is good. Uh, everybody on, you were, you're avoiding everybody, and you have been. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, seven carries for 22 yards. Uh, I mean, I don't know what – he's maybe a speculative flex play going forward. Like this was exactly – what we feared. There will be some big weeks for him, but I don't think you're going to get that too often. Flacco played well. I'm completely ignoring that. He's still not fantasy relevant in single quarterback leagues. Uh, where things get interesting here is at the running back position because Kenneth Dixon was actually the most effective runner that they had, but he's hurt and he's going to miss some time now. Buck Allen is going to continue to eat into Alex Collins's his touches, but as I wrote about today for tdfantasy.com, cheap plug, go on. You can go read it, but uh, subscribe to TD Fantasy Premium for all of our content on there. Uh, I still like Alex Collins. He looked good on that first touchdown run on the opening drive. I think once they got this big lead, they were just kind of protecting him a little bit, didn't want to add to his workload. He only had three carries in the preseason. I'm not worried about him just yet. Um, and all three of their new receivers caught touchdowns, Willie Sneed, John Brown, and Michael Crabtree. But I'm not sure this offense won't be this potent going forward, but if you drafted Alex Collins, he's still an RB2 for me. Uh, I still think Crabtree is uh, a wide receiver three flex play territory. John Brown every once in a while could have a big game, but to me there's not a lot of fantasy relevance in this game whatsoever. I'm staying away from everybody. I, Buffalo's not that bad, as bad as they looked. They're terrible, but they're not as bad as they looked. And Baltimore, Buffalo's not. Baltimore's not anywhere near as good as they look. They're not number four that Colin Cowherd had in his power rankings last week. Uh, but they're solid. That defense is really good. Nobody on that team is fantasy relevant other than Alex Collins. And the one thing that worried me was after the fumble is when he had no carries. And I had him in a league, and he was rolling, and then he fumbles. And Harbaugh, you know, he hates that. And that's when the other guys started getting more carries. 
Maybe it was to spell him a little bit because they were winning big. I think it's because he fumbled. Uh, hopefully that's not the case and he gets back. And I think he's still a guy to really look at moving forward. I don't like Crabtree. I'm not as high on him as Jamie is. I just don't think they're going to throw it enough that any of those guys make any sense to play at all. Yeah, this is, this is it. You got to look at this game. And I always laugh because in every one of my leagues, there's always one person that overreacts to, to week one. Do not overreact. Do not go out and trade for Joe Flacco. Do not lose your damn mind. Okay. This is, this is one week and Buffalo is a bad football team. The only person on that team that was worth owning is LaShawn McCoy. And it was at a questionable state at that Buffalo or when you're looking at Baltimore, just call them your jets. You don't keep playing their defense, but otherwise keep playing their defense, which was rated highly going into the season, but you can't don't overreact and start trading for players based off of one week of football. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about ended in a tie. And I have to say this is the funniest thing that I've seen in a long time because Cleveland just manages to Cleveland themselves all the time. Pittsburgh 21, Cleveland 21. Big Ben threw four picks in this game. It was ugly. It was a rainy football game. It felt a lot like what this division always is. Uh, smash mouth, hit, just just old school football. Uh, Jamie, what are your takeaways from this game other than James Conner's awesome? Well, again, you never, if you're a Ben Roethlisberger owner, you're not thrilled with that five to one turnover to touchdown ratio. That's yeah. never ideal. Uh, but that's nothing a little Kansas City coming to town next week can't solve. Uh, ben, I'm, I'm look, uh, road Ben Roethlisberger has been a problem for some time. It wasn't a problem last year. It may be a problem again. You might have to worry about him going on the road against competent defenses, but I'm not worrying about him yet. He's still a top 10 QB overall for me. Uh, AB got his, 9 for 93 and 1. Juju with the quietest 100-yard game of the weekend. I don't think anybody talked about that. And these conditions sucked. And it's sometimes very difficult for fans to visualize how bad conditions are when it's wind because you can't see it on the field when it's raining or snowing or sleeting. You can see it. You can visually watch the game and go, okay, I can see why they're struggling. Try th- as someone said on Twitter, try throwing the ball in the 20, 25, 30 mile an hour winds and see what happens to it. That yeah. makes it extremely difficult. I'm not worried about the Steelers pass catchers or Roethlisberger at all. On the Brown side, Tyrod Taylor wasn't great, but he got enough rushing yards and he got the rushing touchdown to make him relevant. You're going to get that from time to time from him. Carlos Hyde got the bulk of the touches, but he wasn't terribly effective with them. Duke Johnson barely played. Jarvis Landry's a beast. Gordon got one target, caught it for a touchdown. To me, it's like you're playing Landry every week. You're still worried about the Browns running back situation. Josh Gordon is still just a flyer at most. Tyrod Taylor is a bi-week pickup option. I I don't think anything out of this game we are going to think significantly different than we thought going into it. Other than apparently that Cleveland's off to the best start since 2004 with their 0-0-1 record. Congratulations. (laughs) Absolutely they are. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's not a lot else to add there. Does anything worry me about the Steelers? No. Juju is going to be a really, really good two moving forward. AB is going to have better weeks than that. If that was his bad week, he was at 25 points, whatever it was. Connor, I started in all three of my leagues. Jamie and I, we, we just talked about how much we loved him going forward. I think that Steelers offense is going to be spectacular. That Going back to a little inside information, my dad called the game, right? So he was telling me how bad it was. He said it was absolutely horrendous. And Ben just tried to force it to A.B. early. He threw a couple picks. They got some talented guys in that defense. I don't over overlook that Cleveland defense. There's going to be a lot of weeks. If you're trying to pick up a defense on the waiver wire, Cleveland ought to be somebody you're looking at depending on the matchup. Uh, Gordon scares the crap out of me. Their running back situation scares the crap out of me. And Landry's a beast, like Jamie said. He's a start every week. 
Yeah, Josh Gordon is the uh, the the ultimate sexy pick right now because yeah. people are excited by he goes in and catches a touchdown best. Listen, Josh Gordon is an unbelievable athlete. He is a freak of nature. But I don't trust this offense. I don't trust Cleveland. And I don't trust Josh Gordon. And that's the key point. Again, another cheap plug. There's going to be a lot of these on the show because I wrote a lot in the last like week. But I have a story up on tdfantasy.com that's unlocked for everybody about how much should you trust Josh Gordon. And I think you'll be – Interested to find out that how poor he's actually been more often than not outside of that huge season. It's not like even on a per-game basis, he hasn't been anything special aside from that one season where he dominated fantasy. No, so be careful. There's a lot of talk around him, and I think it's because we like to have nostalgia about good things, and we tend to forget some of the bad things. And And with him, I, I've looked at those numbers, and I've seen it's it's not it's not great. And people putting him in the same category as people like Antonio Brown, you no. need to please He be is quiet. a low-end wide receiver three, maybe flex option each week at best. On a like bye week. He's close to being in the same league as Jarvis Landry on his team. No, no, that's exactly right. Not even, in this, not even the best guy on his own team. Uh, next game, Cincinnati going into Indianapolis. Nice to see Andrew Luck throwing the football again. Nice to see the Cincinnati Bengals offense looking like an actual offense. Like we talked about earlier, Joe Mixon, good stuff. You like what you see. A.J. Green, you like what you see. Jamie, other than that, what else did you uh, see in this football game? Uh, I, I like the way Andy Dalton played. Uh, again, I don't think he in a single quarterback league you're going to use him often, but it's going to be a player that if somebody gets hurt or you have a bye week, you're going to really want to use. Uh, I'd like to see, even though we only got one catch, I'd like to see that John Ross got in the end zone. I think he's going to get eased in a little bit more. I, he's not somebody you're starting even in a flex play right now, but I, I like the idea of stashing him on your bench. Uh, for the Colts, boy, they felt like the same old Colts, didn't they? They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't play solid defense. Andrew Luck had to throw 53 times, and their best receiver was a tight end. I mean, so I, I don't know what to make of this this team right now. I like that Ebron got in the end zone. Doyle looked fine. T.Y. Hilton got his. Ryan Grant was a surprising guy with eight catches this game. So I want kind of wanted Jake to talk about some of the receiving options and what he liked from this game. Andrew Luck's really good. We know that. But I just don't like the way this Colts team is constructed, which is something that I think all three of us have talked about for weeks on this podcast. Yeah, Jamie, you had the best line ever. There's a two-win team with a 12-win quarterback. Um, T.Y. Hilton is still going to be a beast on that offense. He was okay. That chemistry is not going away. Andrew looked phenomenal. Their offensive line is actually pretty good. They have three really good players on that offensive line now that all play next to each other from the center, left guard, left tackle. Uh, The tight ends are relevant. Running game, no. I do want to pump the brakes a little bit on Cincinnati. Indy's defense is bad, and they're really bad in the back end. Now, Cincinnati plays Baltimore on Thursday night. That's a little bit of a different story because I'm still worried about Cincinnati's offensive line. They're better than they were last year, but they're not a ton better. They're going to struggle when they're playing some of these really, really good defenses. Yeah, I agree. I think you're always starting Joe Mixon and you're always starting A.J. Green, but past that, in a a matchup against a top-tier defense like Baltimore, you're not looking at a John Ross maybe necessarily and thinking that this is a good week or Andy Dalton for that matter. Uh, next up, one of the uglier games of the week because of weather. And no, these teams just suck anyway. And like, these let's teams, be honest. Fox legitimately chose not to put this game back on TV, not because of any other reason than nobody was going to watch. Tennessee, Miami, Miami gets a victory 27-20. 
uh, I, I would feel comfortable skipping this game, but I'll let you. I'll let you talk about it, Jamie. What did you like or dislike from this yeah, game? Yeah, two two quick things I definitely wanted to gloat about. One, we already talked about Marcus Mariota being terrible. He was the third best quarterback in this game. I just want everybody to think about that for <laughs> one second. In a Tennessee Miami game, he was the third best quarterback. Uh, Derrick Henry. Derek Henry, I've been warning you about this whole time. Not that great of an f- actual football player. Beanie Wells itis is what he used. Uh, Deion Lewis looked really good. I expect him to look good in the passing game. I did not expect him to run the ball as, as effectively as he did. I want to see if that continues going forward. Uh, nice to see Corey Davis with six catches. Obviously, you lose Delaney Walker, but it really in this, uh, you're looking at Deion Lewis, Corey Davis. And I guess if you're stuck with Henry, I guess maybe him. Those are the only players that are relevant on Tennessee. For Miami, I really I, – I warned you. I warned you about Frank Gore eating into Kenyon Drake's touches, and I, he shouldn't. It shouldn't be a thing that's happening, but he actually looked okay for now. I don't think it will happen in the second half of the season, but just something that you need to be worried about if you're a Kenyon Drake owner. Uh, and by the way, Kenny Stills is legit. He's going to take deep options here with Jarvis Landry not on the team. This is Kenny Stills' team now. Two of his fourth catches went for touchdowns. He's not going to have these massive games every week, but kind of think more like Mike Wallace in his prime type weeks from him going forward. I definitely think he is in flex consideration. Yeah, I'm not sure when Devontae Parker gets back how much he's really going to get, uh, depending on how much they throw it. I think they'd like to run it. Um, I still like Kenyon Drake. I think he's still a home run hitter. Uh, not necessarily as an RB2, maybe as a flex option for weeks. When Devontae Parker comes back again, I think it's going to hurt Stills. Derrick Henry was almost the same thing. I don't know that he can be the feature guy. I mean, Deion Lewis was so much better, so much more effective, especially catching it. Um, it was crazy thing in that game. Rashard Matthews, zero targets. That dude has been really sneaky good the last couple of years from a fantasy perspective. Zero targets. Corey Davis looked pretty good. Um, but zero targets for that guy? I mean, that's I, I don't know. And they, who knows what's going on in the quarterback position for them. So I don't, I don't like a lot of their offense at all moving forward. Yeah, Tennessee's offense is bad. Mariota injured again. Not really quite sure what that timetable looks like as of yet. And honestly, I don't think it matters. No, Marcus it Mariota wasn't a guy that any of us were excited to start in a in a single quarterback league. And I wasn't excited excited about him in a in a two quarterback league. He just he you didn't you saw one good season and the rest has been very blah. Uh, next up, San Francisco goes into Minnesota. Minnesota's defense looked unbelievable as a Minnesota Vikings defensive owner. Man, it was pretty to watch what they were doing, especially considering there was a lot of hype around Jimmy Garoppolo and that San Francisco 49ers offense. So I'm glad that we can finally like take a step back from the Jimmy Garoppolo hype and evaluate him as an actual football player instead of this god of passing that everybody anointed him because he won his first seven games as a starter. He is a slightly above average starting quarterback in the NFL, which is fine. That is where he should be. He's top 16. He's in that kind of teen range. That's where that's, that's a really big upgrade for what San Francisco's had for a while now. He was fine, but he is not in the lead option. And I think this is going to be, I don't think he's going to throw three picks every week because he's not going to play a defense like the Vikings every week. But I think he's going to be in that teens range. It's, you know, you're considering maybe playing in a Q, one QB league. He's going to be right on the borderline. Um, both backs were kind of blah, but I thought Matt Breida looked actually more effective. He was more effective running the ball than, than Alfred Morris, which is something I did not anticipate. The big takeaway for me out of this game is that George Kittle is going to get targeted a lot. He was targeted a bunch. He got five for 90. He had nine targets. Should have had a much bigger game. Dropped a couple passes, which was actually a problem for almost every tight end in the league yesterday. He was dropping a ton of passes. Uh, I'm not worried about Pierre Garcon at all. He won't have Xavier Rhodes on him every single week. 
Next week's matchup in Darius Slay is not a not a cakewalk either, but uh, Garcon got targeted a ton. Looks like Goodwin might miss some time, so I like that even more. I just think let's let's look at the 49ers offense a lot more logically now. For Minnesota, Kirk Cousins looked good. He wasn't spectacular, but he was exactly what they needed. Um, I will cede my time on the running backs to Jake because he was spot on on this. Uh, but for the receivers, Thielen was good. Diggs was Diggs didn't get as many opportunities, but he caught that touchdown. Um, I'm a little concerned about Kyle Rudolph. I know he got his red zone target and the touchdown, but they didn't target him almost at any other point in the game. But again, uh, I want I'll see my time to Jake talk about a little bit Dalvin Cook between the tackles because he ran a lot, but boy did he not look very effective when he was running. Yeah, he looked fantastic in space. But like I said a couple of times, there's been one guy in NFL history that I can remember that came off an ACL and looked like the same dude, and that was Adrian Peterson. And that dude's different than everybody else. It just takes time. Dalvin Cook's not a big guy. Yes, he was very successful last year, new offensive coordinator. Running between the tackles is a little bit of a different beast. Latavius Murray wasn't exactly successful either. And let's give credit to the San Francisco defensive line, which is really talented with three off three first-round picks. Um, I think this is what you're going to see. I, I've said all along, I didn't like Devontae Freeman. I thought Tevin Coleman was going to take a lot of his time. And Dalvin Cook, who you had to pick right there next to him, either right before him or right after him, is going to split a lot of time with Latavius Murray because I don't think the knee is going to be able to hold up. I think they're going to throw him a lot of passes like you saw. Uh, and going back to Kirk Cousins, I thought he looked good. I thought he forced it a few times. And it looks like he likes Thielen better than he likes Diggs. It almost felt to me like last year, um, even though Diggs got the touchdown, that offense is going to be really good. I agree with Jamie. Kyle Rudolph didn't get the targets, and another guy did. You know, it was, it was really interesting to see there. But they've got so many weapons, they're going to be fine. That defense is just ridiculous. Yeah, I think you got to be excited about Minnesota. They play Green Bay's defense next week, and I think that is going to be a nice matchup for all around for Minnesota. But because we did talk about tight ends at the top, I do want to mention George Kittle again, just because he is an option that's available in some leagues. He's he's only owned in 47% of Yahoo leagues. So that's that's a guy that you could definitely go pick up. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo really likes him. So that's a really good option if you have a Delaney Walker or Greg Olson. Uh, Houston, New England. Uh, The big news, some of the news here, Jeremy Hill will be out for the season. He tore his ACL, which is obviously bad news. Seems like ACL injury is just so relevant in the the NFL. Um, Like Jake talked about earlier, you know, Deshaun Watson, a little bit of a disappointment thus far, and Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things, and Gronk doing Gronk things. Jamie, what else did you see besides that? Uh, that Lamar Miller continues to be underrated. Uh, 98 yards on 20 carries. He's you know, not that new rushing defense is elite by any means, but it's not terrible. And he was able to get some success there. Again, if he gets in the end zone, everybody's super happy I'm talking about him as a, is he maybe a low-end RB1? But he didn't. Um, new Hopkins looked fine. Uh, eight for 78. He, he did his job. I'm not worried about him. But, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson was really nothing special. Um, there was a throw. It was on fourth and goal uh, to Ryan Griffin, the tight end, that he was was wide. I should say wide, but he had at least a step on his defender. And Sean Watson throws it well behind him, where he can't even get his hand on it. And, and that was a crucial moment in the game. Watson looked off all day. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. I don't have to tell you to start him every week. Uh, Gronkowski, you're feeling really good if you're a Gronkowski owner, especially considering what every other tight end seemed to do um, that week. I am curious to see if this Philip Dorsett stuff is for real. Uh, I have one game that tells me that was the best game I've ever seen Philip Dorsett play. I've also watched him play before and tells me he's not very good. So I need to see, if, is this something that they're going to make something out of nothing with him this year? Or is this one game? Because basically he got all the receptions everybody thought Chris Hogan was going to get because he only had one. 
Running back situation, it's New England running backs. You knew what you were getting into to begin with. If you had James White, you got the receiving touchdown. But you know what you're getting into when you take a New England running back, which is going to be a lot of weeks of you know, going from top to bottom, 64 yards, 25 yards, 18 yards. Like That's what you're going to get each week. Yeah, guys, I mean, look, James White, maybe he gets a little bit more relevant with Hill being hurt. What happens when Sony Michelle comes back healthy? Does he cut into Burkhead? Does he cut into White? Who knows? If you have a New England running backs, they scare the crap out of me. I don't know anybody else that's really relevant unless you were like me and really took a flyer and took Edelman to sit on the bench for four weeks on your team because I think he's going to be extremely extremely relevant when he comes back and maybe next to Gronk, the feature of that offense. Uh, on the other side, that offense will be different when Will Fuller plays. But I don't think Deshaun Watson, if you took him – as high as I saw some people taking him in drafts higher than Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. He was the number I one think- quarterback taken in that scout league. We, we were at, for those who followed us, Jake and I were at the, uh, the Fantasy Football World Championships in Vegas uh, late last week. He was the number one QB off the board after Aaron Rodgers, wasn't he? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, and they, those guys, and that was two, two rounds before Cam Newton and Russell Wilson and Tom Brady went. I'd be scared to death if I was those guys for what they paid to get in that league. I don't think you're going to get anywhere near the production from those guys. Now, he did run it a little bit better than I thought he did or was going to, but he still looked hesitant with that. I just think he's going to take a step back. Now, again, when Will Fuller comes back on the other side of Hopkins, you're going to have a little bit more of an offense. I, I like Lamar Miller. Actually, I like Lamar Miller more than I like uh, Devontae Freeman and Dalvin Cook as a solid play moving forward. I just think he's going to get more touches. Uh, not, a lot, not, a lot, not a lot else to say about that game. Couldn't get that one out. Sorry. Yeah, drafting Deshaun Watson ahead of Russell Wilson and Tom Brady is a very interesting decision because you saw such a small sample size of what Deshaun Watson did last year. And I think Jake brought up the best point. Listen, they were playing with no expectations. He could go out there and do whatever the hell he wanted and sling the ball around because it didn't matter. They were not going to win a lot of games, and they knew that. It's a lot easier to play quarterback when you don't have any pressure. There's a lot of pressure now. There's hype around this football team, and it's a much different atmosphere for him going out there to start each and every week. And there's no way he's 100% yet. No, there's absolutely not any way that he's 100% yet. All right, in the surprise game of the week, Fitz Magic, 48-40. to Not a defensive uh, showdown by any stretch of the imagination. Tampa Bay wins this game in New Orleans, 48-40. Uh, don't sleep on Fitzmagic. I, I mean, I don't really know what to say here. From a from a fantasy perspective, I like to tell you don't overreact. The Saints offense we knew was going to be really good. I think everybody that we said was going to be good was good. That defense, I think, is the biggest part of this is, was last year a fluke? Yes. And I, and I think we, we spent a lot of time talking about what New Orleans defense would show up. And I think that's I think we said that the defense that showed up in the back half of the year is what we saw here in week one. Um, I'm not sure I'm qualified to talk about Tampa Bay considering how much I've uh, poo-pooed them all season. Uh, I, I'll, I'll just leave it at this. Uh, I do not believe in Fitzpatrick as a fantasy option at all. I know he's going to be probably the number one most picked up player this week. Uh, I'm not starting him next week. I think you probably have better options. Um, the running game, Peyton Barber looked okay. Uh, obviously, I'm still waiting for Ronald Jones later in the season. He's a healthy scratch because he had an absolutely dreadful preseason. Mike Evans. Stud got his seven for 147 a touchdown. The surprise for me was how often Deshaun Jackson was on the field in general uh, before he got hurt. And then he got two long touchdown passes as well, five for 146 and two. Uh, I'm I'm still not fully buying it. I'm not sure how much he's going to be on the field. I, if he stays on the field as much as he has been, and he was on the field a lot more than Adam Humphreys was, then he can be a flex-relevant play. It's happy to see my guy Chris Godwin get a touchdown in that game. But I – 
I don't think you're going to see a performance like that from Tampa again with Fitzpatrick. For the Saints, all your stars were your stars. Drew Brees was great. Alvin Kamara was great. Michael Thomas was great. I think you all the pieces that you wanted to be great for New Orleans were. And I think Ted Ginn now is somebody that we should probably keep an eye on. He was kind of like maybe he could be that guy that you want to pick up or stash on your bench. He caught a big touchdown as well in that game. But uh, for those of you that started the New Orleans defense, I played against the guy that started the New Orleans defense. Uh, thank you for your negative performance, your negative three points in, in ESPN leagues. Uh, boy, that's going to be a problem for a team that a lot of people were put in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and a home loss early. Luckily, Atlanta lost, and Carolina has some injuries, so I think New Orleans is still okay, but losing that game at home was huge. Look, I'm not even going to talk about New Orleans, where they have. They are what they are. They have a great coach, great quarterback. Those guys are going to be awesome all year. I told you guys Deshaun Jackson was going to be fantasy relevant. He's going to be on the field, and if he is and he only gets four targets, he still could be a home run hitter. It's a lot like we talked about J.J. Nelson last year. A lot of people would plug him in certain games, which the way the offense was, he was going to get some deep threats. Now, are they, is that going to happen every week? No, but I'm also not as down on Tampa as Jamie was. I didn't like the bet in this game at nine and a half just because Fitzpatrick showed me enough that he can be sneaky. I didn't, I've never seen him like this, of course, but he's not fantasy relevant. Peyton Barber, still a flex play. I don't think he's a running back one or two for sure. Uh, Mike Evans is what he is. And to Jamie's point, Godwin was really good. I think he's going to be really, really solid moving forward, especially when Jameis Winston gets back. That offense could be decent. And O.J. Howard, another tight end, that had a pretty nice game, and he's going to get some targets. And Cameron Bright was nowhere to be found. So Yeah, good thing. I think you're going to see that more often than not. One thing to pay attention to here with this also is just I want to ask you guys, because it was a very uh, hot topic on Twitter, if this team figures out, okay, all three of us were low on this team. Jake was a little higher than, than Jamie and I, but nobody was like this team's going to be very good this season. If this team goes 3-0, and with Fitzpatrick, because they have a tough first three games. What happens when Jameis Winston comes back? Because it's Nothing, a legitimate it's a legitimate question. No, I think so, 100%. Yes, it's, it's his team. There's, there's no doubt. There's zero chance that they have a quarterback controversy if they start 3-0 with Fitzpatrick. Zero chance. Yeah, I agree. Uh, whether they should or not, it's a different story. Uh, I don't particularly think Jameis Winston is as good as his talent level is. Because I just haven't seen it. But no, this is going to be Jameis Winston's team when it's back. Because they they have proven time and time again, both financially, both in the way they've talked about it, they are committed to the good and the bad that is Jameis Winston. As a quarterback, as a person, and as a leader for that team. I don't think three solid weeks from Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to change and make them waver on that stance. I agree with you guys. I think that's a question that I got a couple of times, though, for people that have Jameis Winston that have stashed him on their bench in two quarterback leagues a little worried because they're thinking, oh, Jameis comes back no matter what. And I think you shouldn't be worried. I agree with Jamie and Jake. It's just an interesting topic as we continue to watch uh, Fitzmagic potentially continue to play. Uh, Jacksonville at New York. Jacksonville goes in and wins 20-15. to 15. Saquon Barkley had a nice little run that looked like Saquon. Um, Eli had a couple of mistakes. That offensive line might not be that much better than it was in in the past. <laughs> Eric Flowers sucks. Yeah, he's terrible. Did you see his comment today that he didn't know that Calais Campbell was a power rusher? Because apparently you can't find tape on Calais Campbell, who's been in the league for, I guess, maybe only a couple minutes. That's not that's not what you want to hear he's from a, a starting guy player. on your offensive line. Uh, Jamie, what else did you see from this um, team? Not much from Jacksonville that's worth noting. We've already talked about the Fournette yelled and stuff. Blake Bortles is, is not great. Um, he's going to have some games where he throws enough touchdowns to mitigate his interceptions, but he was nothing special in this, and you're never going to feel confident starting a pass catcher for the Jaguars. 
for the Giants, I think you're going to see a lot. I think you're going to see a lot of what you saw from Saquon. Um, he's obviously going to face lesser defenses, so you're going to be super happy. But before that 68-yard touchdown, there was kind of, you know, I would say struggling, but it was it was a grind. And I think it's going to be a little bit like what Adrian Peterson was at times when his Vikings career, where it would be a lot of two-yard runs, three-yard runs, one-yard run, two-yard yard, three-yard run, then 60 yards. Yeah. And I think you're going to see that a lot from Saquon. You got to be really happy with that performance. Uh, Odell Beckham was really good, and that there was he had my, he was my number eight receiver going into the week. But I was a little concerned that Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boyer would shut him down. Uh, didn't seem to affect him. He had eleven for one eleven. I'm not as worried about Evan Ingram. Uh, drops are going to be a problem for him. He dropped basically dropped three of his five targets. He caught the other two. Uh, one he had a big play called back because of penalty. Uh, I'm not too worried about him. They're, the Giants are going to face a defense like Jacksonville very often. So uh, I would be. Confidence starting all the Giants that you would normally be starting. Yeah, I mean, look, a little bit of this is an overreaction. Jacksonville's defense is that good. I think the fact that New York had that much success with that defense speaks to how good that offense could be. I think they're going to get better. I think Pat Shermer is a damn good offensive coach, very creative. I think he's going to learn from that. He's going to learn more of the weapons that he has. And he's going to be a situational nightmare for people moving forward because they have so many weapons and so many ways they can beat you. Saquon's going to be fine. The thing that showed me with the 68-yard touchdown was exactly like Jamie said was the patience. He's fine with taking one or two. You didn't see a lot of negative one and twos. There weren't a lot of like he, he lost yardage. He's going to get you a couple, and then he's going to pop one just to seem. That defense is really, really good that they played. One guy I will mention with the right matchup moving forward, Didi Westbrook, if you have some injuries, if you're in a tight pinch, could be a guy with the right matchup you might want to play moving forward. It's going to be risky, but, you know, you get in the middle of the season, you get a couple injuries, and you're just like I was last year in one of my leagues, just just catastrophic. You had nothing. He would have been he would have been a godsend for me last year when I was looking for guys. I think he could be re- relevant moving forward. All right, this was a little bit of a surprise this next game. All three of us were really high on the L.A. Chargers, and, yes, they do not have a home field advantage by any stretch of the imagination, but I also didn't see Kansas City going in there and almost putting 40 points up on the road on this defense. Kansas City wins this game 38-28. My, oh, my, Cheetah is fun to watch. I told you. I told you I was high on Tyreek Hill coming into the year, and it was just – he is going to – he was successful with a quarterback that was afraid to throw the ball downfield before last season. Yes. And now they have a quarterback that they're just going to let it rip. And Tyreek Hill is so unbelievably talented. I mean, it is a pure joy to watch him play football every Sunday. He's awesome. You knew that going into it. Um, the couple things I did want to – one other thing I did want to point out to you, and, and I, I warned you about this and Jake warned you about this as well. They like Spencer Ware. They are going to find ways to work Spencer Ware into that offense. And when Kareem Hunt was not very effective early in that game, Spencer Ware found some time. And you're going to see that more often than not. It's not going to be a timeshare per se because I still think Kareem Hunt's going to get the lion's share of the carries there. But Spencer Ware will eat into his touches, and I think that matters because, quite frankly, Spencer Ware was a better player on Sunday than Kareem Hunt was. Patrick Mahomes looked great. Numbers, I would say – Ever so slightly inflated because of those two pitch touchdowns, one to the Anthony Thomas, one to Tyree Kill. Love that creativity in the red zone. So I'm interested to see if we get some some copycats from around the league on that because they completely fooled the Chargers. On the other side, Rivers was excellent. Uh, Pages, I think all three of us have talked about how much we love Phillip Rivers this year. Melvin Gordon was really good, 9 for 102 in the passing game, 15 for 64 on the ground. 
Austin Eckler is fantasy relevant every week now in, in 10 and 12 team leagues. Uh, I wrote about him on tdfantasy.com. I think you're going to consider starting him in a flex spot now. He was really good. Mike Williams basically dominated the fourth quarter of that game. He looks good. I'm glad to see that. Um, Travis Benjamin probably got a, got a haul on that touchdown there. Uh, there were a lot of drops in that game. The Chargers lost this game on offense as much as Kansas City won that game. But uh, to me, again, all your star players, Gordon, Keaton Allen, Phillip Rivers, they all did exactly what you wanted them to do. Uh, I'm a look, we've talked about how Kansas City has a top five offense. That still concerns me that the Chargers let them drop almost 40 on them for a team that, again, a lot of people had going to the Super Bowl. So I need to see a lot of improvement on that Chargers defense. But kudos to Kansas City and kudos to Patrick Mahomes in his first real start. I know he started week 17 last year, but his first real start. Guys, look, this game is completely different if Tyree Kill doesn't take it to the house in the first punt and it's 7 to nothing. So the numbers are inflated a little bit. Kansas City's defense sucks. It's the worst in the league, and that's over Arizona's, which was god-awful, especially if Eric Berry doesn't play. Is Patrick Mahomes going to have four touchdowns every week? No. He's going to light it up. I've said all along they're going to have a top-five offense. They're going to have a bottom-three defense. He's going to throw some picks. Joey Bosa not playing in this game was huge. The Chargers don't worry me at all. That defense is going to be legit, but they got to have their pieces. One thing we've said with them all along is their injuries. Now, I told you Mike Williams could be my breakout star of the year. We talked about that on the show a few, a few weeks ago. He's an absolute freak. It's amazing how you could be out of sight, out of mind when you were a first-round pick that they took seventh overall last year and get healthy. And then, oh, yeah, that guy. I forgot about him. That offense is going to be awesome. Uh, I agree with Jamie on Eckler. We talked about that a few weeks ago. He's definitely going to get some because uh, Gordon doesn't need to have quite as much pounding as he takes. But that offense is going to be spectacular. That defense is going to be solid. Kansas City's defense got awful. They worry me a little bit on messing with that running back situation too much. Does Mahomes have the same chemistry with Kelsey that Alex Smith had, or is it just going to be him and the Tyree Kill show? It'll be really interesting to see. That offense is going to be really good, but they got to figure out exactly how they want to use everybody. Uh, the next game I watch live, so I feel as if I need to give a little bit of, of what happened in this game, Washington, Arizona. Arizona looked atrocious. I've lived here for five years. That is the worst performance I've seen from an Arizona Cardinals team, and it wasn't close. Uh, A lot of people liked their defense a lot. That defense is going to struggle. Uh, They go to L.A. this next upcoming game, and then they have Chicago at home. I don't think this defense is going to be the defense that people saw in the preseason, and we warned you, preseason is preseason for a reason. They were playing backups. They were playing people that will not see an NFL field this season. The other thing that we talked about was that Adrian Peterson could be a good play early on in the season. I don't think that he's going to be a guy that you're going to want or need in week eight. But these first couple of weeks when he's healthy and can play, this is a good guy to have. I have to give kudos to my guy Jamie as well, who loved Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson in that offense is fun, and we know that Jay Gruden likes him. He liked him a lot last year. He's going to be a focal point of this offense. So just because I was at that game, I felt like I needed to talk about it a little bit. But, Jamie, what else did you see in that game? I want to reiterate, start Chris Thompson every week. This is not a fluke. As I mentioned in the preseason, we were going over when Darius Geis went down, which running back do we want? And I unequivocally said it's Chris Thompson. He was on a per-game basis last season the number 10 running back. That's right. Of RB1 last year that people didn't on a per-game basis. This is legit. The only thing I wanted to see was whether or not Alex Smith liked him as much as Kirk Cousins. And I think I'm after even after one game, I'm willing to say he likes him as much. I don't expect him to be as effective on the ground as he was in this game, 5 for 65. 
But that passing game is legit. He's going to catch five, six balls a week. He's going to get receiving touchdowns. He did last year as the guy that owned Chris Thompson last year. He was a very valuable piece for me. Glad to see Jordan Reed get in the end zone as well. Adrian Peterson, again, early in the season, I think you're going to like him. I'm not sure he's somebody that you're going to even be worrying about when you get close to the fantasy playoffs. Alex Smith, again, is what he is. Um, I'm, I and I think still it's a bye week fill in at best. For Arizona, um, whew, Sam Bradford, um, yikes. David Johnson was not terribly effective, but it's tough to run the ball when you're down 21 nothing right out of the gates there. I'm glad to see Chase Edmonds get some touches. Larry got his seven catches. I just don't think you're going to like a lot about this Arizona offense. I really don't. I think if you have Fitzgerald, you're you're in wide receiver two territory with him uh, in a PPR league. David Johnson, you spend anywhere between a number one and number five pick on him. You're going to be playing him every week. But I really just – I'm really down on this team as a whole. And I don't think Washington's that good, quite frankly. I think no. both of these teams are bad. But – uh, when we talked in the in the preseason, I was very very much on the under five and a half wins. This is going to be a struggle of a season for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, guys, look, I mean, I told you that I, I think Fitz is going to have a little bit of a down year. So, I mean, he might be a flex option more for me than a wide receiver too, because I don't think if they start off one and five, zero oh and six, Josh Rosen's playing before too long. I had the ability in one of my bigger leagues to add a number two pick, and. With Le'Veon Bell's situation, that scared the crap out of me. David Johnson, I'm not that high on. Zeke's going to have a lot of games like he had. I took Antonio Brown with that second pick, and the only person I really considered was Kamara, uh, which maybe been a better play there. But I don't think David Johnson, where you had to draft him, is going to be – he's going to have his weeks, but that offense is going to struggle. They're, that offensive line is one or two injuries from being really, really bad. And that defense, I told you, they're, you're going to be able to run on them. The pieces that they have playing in a 4-3 are built for a 3-4. They're different guys, and there's a big transition from a defense that finished top seven the last five years. If you have them, you better find somebody else, depending on the matchup, because that defense isn't going to be very fantasy relevant either. Yeah, guys that I'm traditionally used to watching dominate, guys like Dan Buchanan and Buda Baker, who had an unbelievable rookie season last year, looked lost in that defense yesterday. It was it was a very it was a very poor showing across the board. I don't think they're going to be that bad uh, in every game. It's almost impossible for them to be as bad as they were yesterday. But they do play in a tough division and going on the road to play the LA Rams next week. I'm not starting that Cardinals defense. I'll tell you that. Uh, next game, Dallas, Carolina. Uh, another, you know, we talked about Cam Newton, a little bit of a disappointment, obviously Greg Olson, the injury, we talked about that as well. Um, one, I, I want to get you guys to talk about DJ Moore because the rookie was getting a lot of hype in the preseason. And like we've said before, preseason is preseason for a reason. And there's a difference between what happens in the preseason, what happens when you guys get out there and they start playing real games. DJ Moore was not a startable wide receiver in any league yesterday. He did not. I have him. He said he rode the bench for me and he's going to continue to ride the bench until he proves to me that he is a, is a part of this offense. And, and maybe he will be with Greg Olson out, but I think it's a wait and see. And a lot of, a lot of people that were excited about DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley, I think are waiting because these guys are rookies for a reason. You need to see it and they need to prove it to you first. Yeah, I thought Carolina's offense was just completely out of sync for, for most of the game, except when the ball was in Christian McCaffrey's hands. Um, I, I mean, this this should have been a, a bigger blowout. I mean, McCaffrey fumbles right by the right by the goal line early in the game on their first drive. You know, I, to me, I was just, I was disappointed in Cam Newton's play. I know he got you the rushing yards and rushing touchdown to make up for it, so he ends up being fine. He ends up being a startable quarterback for you. Uh, McCaffrey's great. He's going to get a ton of catches. You know that already. He had almost 100, what, 95 combined yards, um, six catches. 
But all the other pass catchers are – I mean, DJ Moore didn't catch a pass. Devin Funches only caught three passes. I think you kind of wait and see on the rest of this Carolina offense until you – know, you're starting Cam Newton if you drafted him. You're starting Christian McCaffrey. But everybody else, I think you're just kind of waiting to see what they do. For Dallas, we need to start talking about how bad this offense has been dating back to last season now. I mean, this, this is not – particularly in the passing game. Um, Dak Prescott did not look good. He got sacked six times. Um, it just was not able to find guys. Cole Beasley got seven catches. There are going to be games where he's going to play that role. I'm, I'm not rushing to pick up Cole Beasley right now. Nobody else was really fantasy relevant in the passing game. Zeke was okay, but he got bottled up early on. And I think, again, defenses are going to key on him. I still think he's going to have a good season. I've not given up on Ezekiel Elliott. I still think he's a top five back, clearly. But this Dallas offense is a problem. And I think this Dallas team is going to be a problem. And I think we're going to – I'm not incredibly sure that their head coach right now is going to be their head coach come Christmas time. Yeah, look, they're going to struggle. I mean, Zeke is Zeke. Where you drafted him, you're playing him every week. That goes without saying. If they get some of these offensive line injuries back, he's still going to be really good. Uh, Dak, it doesn't. What they're what they have to do right now doesn't fit what Dak can do as a quarterback. Um, that defense is overrated. So they're going to have to play in some games that are close. Moving on to Carolina, don't forget, guys. This is a totally different offensive of system. They're going to North Turner, and Cam Newton is not a traditional quarterback at all. Mike Shula, to his credit, built an offense a lot like the one Cam ran at Auburn with a lot of misdirection, a lot of uh, zone read option stuff. And going to the D.J. Moore thing, I mean, Anthony Miller is more relevant than D.J. Moore and Calvin Ridley right now if you're talking about rookie receivers, and he's playing with Mitch Trubisky. Cam Newton, I think Funchess will step up and have a bigger role with Greg Olson going out just because Cam likes his guys. If he feels comfortable with him, he'll throw it to him. If he doesn't, he'll just run. But I don't think that really fits in North Turner's offense. I think this offense is going to have a big learning curve. And the beneficiary of all of that is Christian McCaffrey. And if you saw in a lot of leagues or did a lot of mock drafts, he shot a, a lot of a higher than a lot of guys. I and mean, he shot way up the board. If you wanted to get him, you had to take him really early in the second round uh, or late in the first round, depending on how deep your draft was. Um, he's going to be the beneficiary of that. But that offense is going to struggle until they really figure out what they want to do. Yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey is the guy that you feel the most comfortable with on that offense, even more so than Cam Newton right now. And everybody else, it's kind of wait-and-see mode with, I think, Funchess is the guy you probably want to have of the bunch there. Um, and, and Greg Olson was that dude, but we got to wait and see what happens with his injury. Uh, Seattle Den- and, and Denver. I think, <laughs> listen, Seattle tried to convince all of us that their offensive line was much better. The tape on yesterday's football game would suggest that they're big, fat liars. That is not what happened at all. Um, I still believe that Penny is going to be a usable back as the season progresses. And listen, Seattle under Pete Carroll always starts slow. This happens each and every season. They progressively get better. That's just how all of the Pete Carroll-led teams have been in Seattle. So I expect this from them. And listen, Russell Wilson has proven to you that he doesn't need a good offensive line. But I think if you thought that this was going to be a much upgraded offense, and it's just not going to be. And, Jamie, you got to talk about Doug Baldwin and his injury. Yeah, Doug Baldwin being out, absolutely, it hurts because they don't have a ton of options. Uh, Brandon Marshall was actually fairly relevant in this game. He caught one touchdown. He was targeted for another touchdown. I can't remember if he got called back by penalty or he just, or just missed him. Uh, but that's interesting to see if he is somebody that we can keep an eye on down the road. Again, I'm not picking him up yet, but someone to monitor. It's good to see Rashad Penny get involved in the passing game, at least since he wasn't terribly effective in the few touches he did get on the ground. Um, on my notes, I, I put it for Russell Wilson. He looked good but was hit a lot. What else is new? 
I mean, th- 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 this is this <laughs> yeah. is what you're going to get from him. They're, they're not going to protect him, and he's still going to be highly effective. Um, I do want to ask, what the hell is a Will Disley? I don't know. There were a few. There are very few players I that I just have not heard of. And that's one of them. I have. I have this guy caught three three balls for 105 yards and touchdown. I didn't know he existed. <laughs> so I, but that shows you that again, despite having limited weapons, Lockett did catch a touchdown, and some people were drafting him late and stashing him. But boy, there are not a lot of weapons there. And for Denver, two things that are really interesting. One, Keenum wasn't great, but he was again a lot better than Simeon Lynch Osweiler. Um, he's going to turn the ball over some year. He had th- three picks in that game, but he's going to force the ball down the field enough to be effective. Emmanuel Sanders looked awesome. Marius Thomas looked good. Um, Philip Lindsay uh, was not the running back I expected to split carries with Royce Freeman. I thought they were going to keep pretending that Devontae Booker is a good football player, uh, but apparently that was all just for show. Keep in mind, Devontae Booker, who their head coach said was the starting running back for that team when that pre- when their fourth preseason game ended, uh, got, I believe, one, two, got four touches and two carries. So just lying to Three everybody. Preseason sucks. I've said it a thousand times. Freeman yeah. looked good when the carries he got. Again, if he gets in the end zone, he has a great week and everybody's raving about him, but he didn't. But he looked good. Uh, I liked what Philip Lindsay had. He's probably the handcuff that you want. I'm not sure I'm picking him up to start. I don't think I don't put him in the Austin Eckler category just yet, although they do like him. And also Terrell Davis likes him. There was a cool story about how he asked to wear number 30. Uh, but again, I think this Broncos offense is going to be more relevant than it's been in years past and I think there is enough offense to go around that Freeman Sanders Thomas can all be effective on a weekly basis yeah guys look I mean Seattle Russell Wilson has always been good but he's always had Doug Baldwin that's going to be a monster hit to that offense I think that puts even more emphasis on the running game which I think Penny will be more and more a part of Chris Carson looked good he looked be looked to be the better of the two and you either picked one or the other in a lot of a lot of leagues, but they wasted a not wasted. They took a first round pick on Penny. He's going to be the guy moving forward. On the other side, I told you Emmanuel Sanders is going to be better than Demarius Thomas. Take him over him, or don't take Demarius Thomas at all. Where you had to draft him, he can't run like he used to. They love Cortland Sutton. He's going to be a bigger part of that offense moving forward. I put Emmanuel Sanders on my bench to wait and see what this offense looked like, and he sat right next to Randall Cobb, and they both had like thirty five points. Um, He's going to be a really good player moving forward. Demarius Thomas is more of a possession guy at this point. He can still get down the field a little bit, but I would much rather have Emmanuel Sanders on that offense. And Royce Freeman's going to be the guy moving forward. It's just going to take a little time. It's a rookie. He's got to earn his stripes a little bit. But by week four, he's going to be the feature back in Denver. All right, last game here, Sunday Night Football. I'd like to skip over, but we will discuss it because there's a lot of fantasy-relevant players in this game. Uh, if you play in an, indiv- in an individual defensive league, my God, I hope you started Khalil Mack because, good Lord, he had himself a half of football that was unbelievable. Jordan Howard was Jordan Howard, and I envision that he is going to be an even larger part of this offense going forward. And the question was asked going into the season, what will Tariq Cohen look like in this offense and man, if you drafted him, you had to like what you saw last night, Jamie. Yeah, I'm excited. You, I, I didn't play him in week one. He was like my top bench player, but that's somebody you're going to like a lot. I, I think him and Cohen, or excuse me, Cohen and Howard will both be very fantasy relevant and both startable in a lot of leagues. Jordan Howard looked really good. He should have got more work, um, as everybody who's watched that football game could realize on third and one that you have a guy averaging 5.5 yards a carry that has gashed the Packers defense an entire drive and they don't hand him the ball. Uh, Howard's a stud. Like we, we told you about this in the preseason. That's a player that I think everybody was kind of sleeping on. Um, Allen Robinson was okay in this game. I just, again, I, I'm not 
as high on Mitch Trubisky as a passer. I don't even think his upside is as high as a lot of other people do. Uh, I think he is a below average quarterback at best. Uh, so you think you're going to get that. You want the two running backs in Chicago. Uh, and for Green Bay, you don't need me to tell you Aaron Rodgers is a really good football player. Um, and if you had any doubts about that, you could just watch the second half of that football game and never ask any other questions about Aaron Rodgers ever again for the rest of everybody's lives. Uh, Randall Cobb, who was never going to get traded, uh, and people really overreact to that. Had an awesome game. Devontae Adams had a good game. Geronimo Allison was somebody that I was questioning how fantasy relevant would he be. Uh, He was starting to go a little bit higher in some of those high-dollar leagues that Jake and I were viewing. Uh, He looked pretty good there. Uh, Jimmy Graham had nothing in this game. I'm not worried about that necessarily yet. I want to see Aaron Rodgers play a full game in a a situation where he's not scrambling to come back down, trip three scores. Um, Jamal Williams looked looked fine. You don't like running backs in Green Bay. Uh, but again, you, you know what you're going to get. Also, uh, newsflash, Deshaun Kaiser still sucks. Yes, very, that very bad. Yeah, they, Green Bay is winning zero games if Aaron Rodgers is actually hurt. Uh, my, I sat and, wait on, um, sat and waited on, on Randall Cobb. I, the number two option for Aaron Rodgers still has to be really good, and he looked really good. He still looked very explosive and very quick, by the way, so I'm very glad I stashed him on my bench with Emmanuel Sanders. Like I just talked about going to Chicago – Allen Robinson looked healthy. He looked big. He looked physical. He looked athletic to me. I think that could be good moving forward. I'm a little higher on Trubisky than you are. I love the, the his ability to throw on the run is really good. I love his ability to move. He's going to get you some running yards. My question in Chicago is, I love Matt Nagy's creativity, but don't try to reinvent the wheel. You have some weapons. You have some pieces. You can just go back to hand it to Jordan Howard a lot and be in a lot of games with as good as your defense is going to be. Chicago's defense I thought was going to be top five. I didn't like that matchup, but I think they will be top five fantasy moving forward. They're just awesome. And I think the one thing to note is that on from just a regular pure football perspective, I know that's a heartbreaking way to lose a football game, but I, I am more encouraged about the Chicago bears as a team right now than I was a kickoff. And I think that's important to remember in the context of, yes, it's a terrible, brutal loss to start the year. But again, I am more confident in that team and even in that defense now than it was a kickoff, and that's a good sign. Listen, I haven't watched the Chicago Bears three straight – the three first offensive possessions for the, for Aaron Rodgers. Three and out, three and out, three and out. It That was not – I'm not used to watching Aaron Rodgers get the football at the beginning of a game against the Chicago Bears – and go three and out, especially multiple times. They could not get anything going, even when Rodgers was in there and healthy at the beginning. Now, here's my caution point with Rodgers, because I own him in a league. I have to tell you I'm worried about him. They That's another team that touted that their offensive line was much, much upgraded. I would disagree. They have to play Minnesota next week. If Aaron Rodgers plays on one foot against the Minnesota Vikings defense, It took one quarter for the Bears to destroy Aaron Rodgers. What is going to happen when Minnesota has to play him? This is a very tough division, and this team is irrelevant without Aaron Rodgers. I'm I'm concerned as an Aaron Rodgers fantasy owner about his health because his injury, he listen, he's a superhero for what he did yesterday, but you can only take so much. And that offensive line, they're going to take some beatings, and, and I'm not... I'm not sure I'm all that convinced that Aaron Rodgers is going to make it through 16 games this season after what I saw in one quarter of football yesterday. Yeah, Paige, you couldn't be more right on that. I was sitting there at halftime, and I literally put a a claim in for Andy Dalton and Case Keenum, and I'm sitting there trying to figure out which one would I rather have. 
And I'm glad you brought that up because as I looked at the matchups, I think Case Keenum is the better option if you have to pick up somebody else. I have Aaron Rodgers and I have Drew Brees in two of the leagues. I'm very happy with my situation, but I agree with you. And I didn't think about it. And I was like, I got Aaron Rodgers. I'm playing him every week. I'll pick somebody up on my bye week and I'll just get through it. There wasn't a lot on the waiver wire. I think Andy Dalton's going to be good, but he has like four or five really tough matchups coming up in a row. And Case Keenum might throw some picks, but I think he's got a little bit more of an upside if you're, if, if you're going to have to go that route. Cause I agree with you. I don't know that he's going to make it out of a lot of games. If I'm Green Bay, I'm just going to go ahead and take it on the chin with Kaiser this week, take the loss, give Aaron Rodgers a week to get back and then hope you can make the rest of the run with him. Cause I don't think he's going to be healthy enough to play this weekend. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you right now, if, if you own Aaron Rodgers, I would find somebody else to, to listen. You're not going to replace Rodgers, but I'm telling you, it took one quarter of football for him to get injured one quarter and he plays in a very tough division he has to play that bears defense again in chicago it's been a problem yes he's coming he's had two injuries before this minnesota he has to play twice they have to play tough team they have to play new england this i mean it's this is a tough schedule for this green bay team and i know that we've talked about it so just just piece of advice rogers is the number one quarterback when he's healthy no questions asked but he's not healthy and it's week one, and you gotta you gotta protect yourself ab- above all else. So I'm just I'm just letting you know I want him to be healthy for a lot of reasons because I want to kick his ass when he's healthy, not when not when he's hurt. Uh, Jamie, do you have any party thoughts? Uh, the only other thing is one last cheap plug. Just there are some oh, yeah. cheap because plug. you you don't want to overreact too much to week one. Yeah. I, know, I know it's really tough, but if you see things that you have studied all off season that you, that can kind of confirm what you have been thinking, that's when you just have to start looking into it more. Uh, in that kind of spirit, I have two new articles up today on TDFantasy.com. One is five huge unexpected week one performances that will continue. So players that we didn't expect to go off that I think are actually going to be very relevant going forward. And on the opposite side, five poor week one performances you should completely ignore and don't let it cloud your judgment. It's only one game. So do check those out because it's important not to overreact too much to week one because we see this happen. A lot of things happen in week one. Don't repeat themselves in week two. Jake, any parting thoughts over there? Yeah, last year, week two was shocking. Week one, I was pretty spot on with everything I thought I was going to see. This year, not as much. But week one to week two is usually the biggest improvement and the biggest drop-off of guys that were overrated. So I agree with Jamie a lot. I'm not sure we learned a ton. I mean, you learned a hell of a lot more than you did in the preseason. That's for damn sure. I'm not sure you learned enough. I think when we're having this show next Monday, we should have a pretty good feel of, of who's going to do what, who's going to be a surprise, who's better than we thought, who's worse than we thought. And I'm really looking forward to that. Guys, I, my parting thoughts are you're definitely going to want to check out Wednesday's podcast because Bruce Arians is going to be on with us each and every Wednesday. And I, for one, cannot wait to hear uh, what he has to say about the Arizona Cardinals performance, what he has to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers performance. He was calling the game in Cleveland. And I want him to look ahead uh, at, at some of the matchups coming into week two uh, because we all know Bruce never has a, a tough time telling us his honest opinion. And I, for one, am looking forward to that. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Uh, Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at J-M-E Eisner on Instagram. And Jamie spelled J-A-I-M-E just because I know y'all spell it wrong. Yeah, don't spell it wrong. Yeah, and you can follow me at the underscore sports page. And as always, follow this podcast at Fantasy underscore on Instagram and on Twitter. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes. 
give us a rating. And when we have some gear, which will happen soon, we might be sending you some gear for giving us a five-star rating. So that's a little little, uh, incentive to give us the five stars. But we'll be back Wednesday. And again, Bruce Arians will be joining us. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.